What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy November. It's Movember, right? You got to grow your mustache unless you're Jamie and you shaved your mustache. After having it for one day, which is a strange right. decision. <laughs> Why and is it a strange decision? Who grows a mustache for one day? Well, I didn't grow it for one day. I just shaved the beard down for one day, and it was for Halloween. I don't know what this is going to do to my analysis for Gardner Minshew this week. I was <laughs> all in, but now now I don't, I'm thinking one touchdown, four interceptions. That'd be a rough day. Yeah, It sure would. All right, welcome to the Friday show, everybody. We have six games to preview today. And they are all kind of interesting. We don't have any duds. We don't have the Redskins on the schedule. We don't have like the Bills on the schedule. Those teams are typically pretty easy to preview. Uh, we got and some they fun play ones. each other. Yeah, right. Exactly. They, we don't have the Jets and the Dolphins on the schedule. Well, they play each other. We previewed those games yesterday. So we've got the NFC home games plus a couple of AFC home games that involve NFC teams like the Vikings Chiefs and the Packers Chargers. I'm excited about the slate today. I really am. Last night's game was a good way to kick it off. Hope you all had a great Halloween. Anybody have a tummy ache from candy? No. Okay. Good. You? No, but did you I... Get your star, did you get your Starburst? No, I didn't. I did have a, a lot of candy, but uh, we went out for a bit. We left a basket full of Kit Kats, and since they're so overrated, we came home to a basket full of Kit Kats, so I had a couple of those. They're good. They're good. Well, they probably know that you're the grumpy house, so they, I'm no, sure, avoided you. No, no, no. That's the, that's the Cummings residence. Okay. So let's uh, let's go to San Francisco 28, Arizona 25. Did not exactly play out as we planned. In our podcast league, I have Tevin Coleman in the 49ers DST in PPR, and I thought I was going to get off to a great start, and I have 10 points. So that's no good. I, I think the biggest takeaway is I'm really surprised at how bad of a game Tevin Coleman had. I don't know if that should be the biggest takeaway. Maybe it should be Garoppolo. But There's a lot of big takeaways. They're really, all right, they're, go ahead. It's a, it's, the floor is yours. Discuss. Well, we can start with Tevin Coleman and the fact that he should have had a big game. He had a touchdown run called back. He had, he dropped a pass that would have gone for at least a lot of yardage, if not a long house call late in the game. Um, props to the Cardinals for doing a mostly good job against the 49ers run. Breed had some great runs. I'm uh, I'm I'm very flummoxed by the 49ers run game and their schedule coming up does not make things any easier. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I, I think you saw a Cardinals defense that sold out against the run, and they dared Garoppolo to beat them, and he did. And you know, as 
coming off of where they just ran through that Panthers defense. I think the big thing is is that Joe Staley's getting close. Um, McGlinchey's getting close. Um, hopefully they get used check back soon. And so then you're going to see, I think, still very good performances from their ground game. It was, you know, the the surprise, I think, was that Breida played as much as he did, you know, just coming off of an injury situation. But this is kind of what this offense is going to be. It's going to be a lot of, you know, shared situations. I think it was 52% of the snaps went to Coleman, and it was like 40-something for for Breida. So um, it, it was it was there. Mostert had a carry late in the game. Uh, Jeff Wilson had the uh, the dumb play by Cliff Kingsbury carry at the end of the first half, and well, that's um, but how frustrating is that? That wasn't even Tevin Coleman in at the one yard line. Well, I think it was I think what that was what that was was they wanted their like hammer situation, you know, just a real hey like a specific but, package. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, so, it, it wasn't Coleman though. I, yeah, you know, but but like Dave said, like Dave said, he he still had the the uh, inside the five yard touch or he did. Where it was, yeah, the seven yard line. Like, yeah, he was right, the red right, zone guy. You know, he was. Yep. So but not I, I don't worry about I don't worry about Tevin Coleman. Um, you know, can he be uh, a number one fantasy running back? Probably not on a consistent basis when everybody's playing and no injuries. But can he still be a guy you start week to week? Absolutely. Yeah, he can be a number two running back. But this is going to I feel like this validates the 49ers as a hot hand running back group. Because we saw Breida get off to a good start, and he had more carries than Coleman in the game. Uh, Coleman played 53%. That is actually higher than what he played last week when he had four touchdowns. Because Breida, they pulled him in the lane. Right. Breida, 41%. Uh, Raheem Mostert, 3%. Jeff Wilson, 3%. So are the Cardinals trending toward running back by committee? Let's go over some of the start percentages in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo is owned in 81% of leagues, started in 44%. Coleman, 94% started bad game. Breida, 18% started solid game. Emmanuel Sanders started in 69% of leagues. That's actually higher than I maybe would have expected. He had a huge game. Seven catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. Meanwhile, uh, Kyler Murray started in only 25% of leagues, scored 26 fantasy points. And Kenyon Drake started in 26% of leagues. And, yeah, we got there was a report before the game that he was going to get big work, but there was also... Uh, Kyle Shanahan, or excuse me, Cliff Kingsbury saying, and I think on Wednesday, there was going to be committee, and Kenyon Drake goes off. And the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins should be sitting there going, wow, we probably should have used this guy more. Uh, big game uh, for him. The, Jet, the Jets also should be thinking that, too, with their head coach. Yeah, yes. And, and 15 carries, 110 yards and a touchdown, four catches, 52 yards, only his fourth career game with 15 or more carries, and he has scored 22 or more fantasy points in PPR in all four of those games. So Kenyon Drake, look, obviously David Johnson is is the guy there, but what does this mean going forward, do you think, in the Cardinals' backfield? Well, what was the start percentage again? 26%. 20, yeah, I, I think the 26% of people got the best game from Kenyon Drake, and everybody else is probably going to be disappointed the rest of the season, depending on David Johnson's health for Week 10. Because if Johnson's back, even if you think Kenyon Drake's going to be the lead guy, which there could be some consideration that it's, you know, uh, what'd you say, 52-41 in terms of the snap count for Coleman versus Breida? Yeah, it could be a, it, it could be a similar situation in an ideal word f- world for Kenyon Drake that he's that guy in terms of the, the snap count. I doubt that. I would be shocked if David Johnson doesn't come back as the number one running back for the Cardinals. But now you have a situation where there's a clear, capable number two guy, probably along the lines of how Chase Edmonds was going to be viewed if it had just been those two guys. So you most likely missed out, unfortunately, on Drake's best game. Uh, again, unless we don't get 
David Johnson back for week 10 against Tampa Bay. Now he was practicing on a limited basis. So I would assume that he's going to be back with extra time to prepare. But if he's out, then it's clear you can trust Kenyon Drake as a starter. Well, the Niners, I mean, I talked about this. The Niners' run defense really did seem a little bit vulnerable. And, and, you well, Quan Alexander left the game, too. Yeah, that was in the second half, though. I mean, he, he ran over them in the first half as yeah, well. But, yeah, the but first carry of the game was amazing. Right. Yep. Their run defense isn't as good as Tampa Bay's. But we'll get into that next week. But I think the question is less about Kenyon Drake and more about David Johnson. And if you're a David Johnson owner right now, are you, are you shaking in your boots? Or do you still think you have a must-start running back? I think you still have a must start running back. One of my biggest takeaways from the game is that I'm, I'm buying into cliff Kingsbury as a play caller and just as a schemer and he's finding ways to make his offense good. I know it didn't really look that way against new Orleans last Sunday, but it it's looked good for most of the season. He takes on teams. He recognizes their weaknesses and he, he attacks them relentlessly and I think as soon as the very first carry for Drake, where he just breaks it off for 30-something yards, he realized, okay, we can get this guy humming. The offensive line even incurred an injury at one point during the game. They had Justin Pugh move around. And they still were able to get good yardage out of Drake, a lot of five-yard runs, a lot of eight-yard runs. He was great on passes. I, I think that this offense next year could be extremely good. And this year, they're already coming up with some good numbers for their run game. I'm hoping that we can get some stability in the passing game as well. Fair enough. Stretch. Well, let's talk about the passing games here. And, you know, how much do you trust Jimmy Garoppolo going forward? 37 pass attempts. We don't usually see that from him. He was he was outstanding. Um, he's always, you know, for the, with the Niners, he's always been good at yards per attempt. Just hasn't attempted that much. And he's got Emmanuel Sanders with a big game, 112 yards and a touchdown. So let's start with the 49ers passing game. And then we'll talk about the very disappointing Christian Kirk, two for eight on five targets. Larry Fitzgerald with another bad game, even though it was a good one for Kyler Murray. So, Jamie, your thoughts on Garoppolo and Sanders? Well, I, I'm hoping that Garoppolo has a similar turn in his season like Dak Prescott had last year when he got Amari Cooper. You know, putting a good playmaker, I don't think Sanders is as good as Cooper, but, you know, you saw last night that the numbers can be as good as what Amari Cooper did. But just getting a, a semblance of a solid receiver who knows what he's doing that can help an offense turning the quarterback into a quality fantasy option. And so I don't think he's going to go 304 on a week-to-week basis. That's unrealistic. But, you know, this is now his third game over 30 pass attempts. It's, uh, you know, second game with Sanders. So he's found him in the end zone twice. We obviously got a little bit of a scare with George Kittle in the first half, and, and thankfully he's fine. But now you have two guys that can make plays in the passing game. And if teams are going to sell out to stop the run, then you see now that Garoppolo can can be good. He had his, his two best throws was he hit Sanders on a— it was an uh, outright, uh, the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, where, where he just, you know, anticipated Sanders oh, you know, yeah. getting open. And it was just beautiful. And, you know, with the if that's their timing now, it's only going to continue to improve. Mm-hmm. And then his other, I thought his other best throw was actually an incomplete pass. He was getting drilled in his face, and he hit Kittle on a sideline throw. And uh, Buda Baker just came over and made a great play and knocked the ball out of Kittle's hands. But just a beautiful drop right into Kittle's hands. And it was just a great, great, better play by the safety. But in any event, uh, this was one of the best I've ever seen. I've seen Garoppolo play with the 49ers. You know, just third down throws were great. Moving in the pocket, um, you know, finding guys. You know, the the Kendrick Bourne touchdown was tipped, but he still, you know, put it in the right spot. Uh, Dante Pettis, the touchdown to him was nice. And so I, I think you're just talking about 
the schedule getting tougher for them. So they're going to have to probably be in a little bit more back and forth situations. So this is a good time to buy low on Grapple. I had him as a sleeper and start set. I, I didn't have him ranked high enough. Um, you know, the one I'll probably end up regretting, not that I would have probably put him in my top 12, but, uh, behind Sam Darnold, that just, you know, feels silly yeah. after, well, yeah. after last yeah. night, I had them back to back Donald 15 and, and Garoppolo 16. Look, I mean, Arizona can really make Kyle Allen look good, right? I mean, Arizona's terrible, uh, against the pass Garoppolo took it. Right. But you know, and Patrick he's, Peterson played a horrible game, by the way. Gosh, he was really, yeah, that it, like, it did not look like Patrick Peterson like at all. That. Yeah, it was bad. No, but this, I, this is going to come down to just the 49ers not being able to run it as effectively as they like. Now they know they can turn to Garoppolo. He, he bought himself a lot of cred with th- this. Is, this is making them, you know, there, there's, there's three legit teams. You could throw the Vikings in there too, but there's three legit teams in the NFC that are legit Super Bowl contenders, the 49ers, the Saints, and the Packers. I still think the Saints and Saints. Packers are better than the yeah. 49ers. I like um, the Saints. I like the Saints. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, if this Jimmy Garoppolo shows up rest of season, they they may be better than both those teams because their defense is on par. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that j- j- this Jimmy Garoppolo has basically been there. He just hasn't had the pass attempts, and he did it maybe not this Well, he's had but- some bad luck. He's had some bad luck. You know, some touchdowns called back, and it probably would have looked made the season yeah. look a little bit different. But still, his uh, you know, if they allow him to, to you know, be 30-plus attempts consistently, he's going to be a-, a winner more times than not. All right, final question here. we got to wrap it up. Uh, so, Dave, how, how much do you think – Larry Fitzgerald, 91% owned. Christian Kirk, 78% owned. Do you think they need to be owned going forward? I don't think so. I think we saw that Arizona could move the chains without those guys. And I almost think that there was a decision made in the second half to get away from Christian Kirk. Um, You saw a little bit more from Keyshawn Johnson and then Andy Isabella. Finally, Andy Isabella made a play. Um, Awesome run, catch and run late in the game when uh, Mosley, I think it was Mosley, tried to go for the interception and uh, led to a touchdown and a backdoor cover for Arizona. Hey. Uh, I, I think it's more about Kyler Murray, and Murray can just turn it loose to any of his receivers, and, and they can do well. Um, it's nice that Christian Kirk had the most targets with five, but something just wasn't right about him in this game. He yeah, I give it one more week before you cut them, just because yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay next Bay, week. Right. And so I, I, I'd wait to see. Are you sure that they're going to see a big boost in volume? Well, but though? Kirk usually well, I mean, gets Kirk, that Kirk volume. has been such a high-volume target guy that I'm not getting away from him in terms of owning him mm-hmm. before the Tampa Bay game. And I'm not going to run out and say Andy Isabella's time is here and he's done great. He's catch. made one great play. No, I mean, made look, one great play. Christian Kirk had, had 25% of the targets. Kyler Murray just didn't throw a lot. He only threw 24 passes. So I do think you need to be patient with Kirk and maybe even Fitzgerald because Tampa Bay is that bad against wide receivers. Fitzgerald's a different story, though, just because you've seen enough of a sample yeah, size with true. him. You know, Kirk, Kirk coming back from the injury, you know, it's the second game after being out for a couple weeks on a short week against a good defense, you know, so I'm not going to say he's uh, he's in a bad spot just yet. But Fitzgerald, there's enough of a sample size now. Since week three, he's been terrible. All right, that's uh, San Francisco 28, Arizona 25. The game did not exactly play out as many of us thought it would, but I dropped Zane Gonzalez, and I feel pretty good about that. Five <laughs> points for Zane Gonzalez. Hey, listen, you got fantasy questions? We've got several different ways that we're answering them. I'm doing a Q&A on the Facebook group. Um, you know, so that's at 1 p.m. Eastern for noon, noon Eastern on uh, CBS Sports HQ. We have fantasy football today, the video edition. And of course, 10 a.m. to one. Actually, you guys are going on at nine, right? Nine a.m. this week with uh, the we are. game. OK, that's so right. Nine a.m. CBS Sports HQ. Remember, we uh, gain an hour. So that's huge. Uh, also on Twitter all weekend long, ask FFT, the hashtag ask FFT. We'll be answering your questions. Don't forget to tell us uh, your draft day regret. 
the draft pick you regret in our Facebook group. That's our t-shirt giveaway. And don't forget to sign up. FanDuel.com slash league slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash league slash FFT. I just submitted my lineup. It's got some Jets in it. Le'Veon Bell wants the ball, and I want him in my FanDuel lineup. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, FanDuel.com slash league slash FFT. You know FanDuel is a sponsor of ours. You also know that SeatGeek is a sponsor of ours, and you know that SeatGeek is the best way to get tickets. Man, love that SeatGeek app. I sometimes am such a nerd, I go on the SeatGeek app just to see what ticket prices are going for in certain games. Like, I know I'm not going to the Miami-Florida State game this week, but if I were going, could I get in for, like, a cheap price? And yes, I can. So that's good to know. I did that for Game 7 of the World Series. Couldn't believe how inexpensive they were. But I know that if I go to the SeatGeek app or SeatGeek.com, that I'm going to get great prices because SeatGeek pulls in tickets from all over the web. You don't have to go out and search multiple websites. You can be sure, you can be confident that when you go on SeatGeek, you're getting a great deal, and SeatGeek is going to identify the tickets that have the best value with these big green dots on their seating map, and you just click on those dots and you buy the tickets. I like the fact that you can see the price with all the fees included, so there are no surprises when you check out. And I love the fact that we're giving you 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase with the promo code FFT. So again, that's 10 bucks off your first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT for 10 bucks off that purchase. Again, the promo code is FFT. News and notes. What do you think about Mahomes this week? Is he playing? I don't think so. Not yet. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Uh, Devontae Adams is making progress. Do you think he's playing? I hope so. Oh, me too, baby. Limited two days in a row in practice. Yeah, we'll find out today. My guess is game time decision. Aaron Jones has a shoulder issue, but he should be have. They do have a good home game, though, this week. That's right. (laughs) At the the Chargers in that little 10-person arena. Uh, Aaron Aaron Jones has a shoulder issue, but he's expected to be fine. Yeah, he's been limited so far this week too. James Conner and Benny Snell both missed practice. Jalen Samuels is five thousand dollars. Snell's Snell's out two to six weeks. Uh, Sorry, James Conner missed practice. Uh, Jalen Samuels five thousand dollars on Fanduel. If Conner's out, he's going to be in everybody's lineup. It's going to be well him and Walton. It'll be fun to see the uh, the race for those two guys. Who do who'd you rather have if Conner's out? Uh, Samuels, but you know, I, I think Walton's price is cheap enough that he should be really good as well. T.Y. Hilton has a calf issue. This is a serious concern, right, for his availability? Yes. Didn't practice on Thursday. Got to see what happens on Friday. If he doesn't practice again, um, he'd probably turn a little bit more toward unlikely to play, even if they list him as questionable. So that's one that we got to watch. And if he doesn't play, you can't trust Brissett, right? I don't think you can trust Brissett either way, but obviously not if there's no Hilton. Would you consider Zach Pascal a sleeper? He, In fact, he was bad in the one game he played without uh, Hilton, but they barely threw the ball in that game. That was the Chiefs game. They ran it a lot. Not this week. Yeah, okay. But Eric Ebron's also banged up too. That's right. Uh, Le'Veon Bell wants the ball, so he's going to get it, and he's he wants the, he's going to take he? the ball, and he's going to score. That's my hazard. Yeah, back. he's going to get it this week. Against I hope he gets it. Oh, yeah. Josh Jacobs dealing with a shoulder injury. Should be fine. But he did come off the field kind of grimacing with that shoulder last week. So it's something to keep an eye well, on. He was, he was dealing with it going into the yeah. game, too. And they, they sort of limited his playing time. Delaney Walker missed practice. We're hoping for Jonu Smith. Deshaun Jackson practiced. Probably going to play. Is that fair, Deshaun? Trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard's trending in the right direction. He's got a Monday night game. But he practiced in full. He just has to get out of the concussion protocol. 
Will Fuller's out. Marquise Brown was limited in practice. Still, I mean, the word has been that he's expected to play coming out of the bye, Marquise Brown. Chris Thompson missed practice, so that's not a good sign. Cameron Brait got in a limited Who was session. the guy you were debating? Thompson and Singletary? Yeah. Thank, thank you for making Debate's that decision over. for me. Uh, Cameron Brait limited in practice, and Seattle is just awful against tight ends. And he got Cameron Brait got six targets last week at Tennessee. Yep. He was also bad against tight ends, but I think Seattle's actually worse. So is Cameron Brait, even after a disappointing game, is he back in the sleeper discussion? Yeah, of course. And it's a high-scoring game, so there's always a chance that he can come down with a touchdown. And that's what you're hoping for with Braid is that he scores. I think he's got just as good of a chance as any of the other tight ends ranked after the big seven or so in, in our rankings. Josh Gordon can be claimed off waivers, not only in your fantasy league, but now in the NFL. Do you want to add Josh Gordon? He's 44% owned. Deeper leagues, you should, for sure. Uh, if you have an open roster spot, I don't think it's a bad idea in any format, but I don't think it's, uh, oh my God, I have to get Josh Gordon. If there's somebody on your team that you don't think is going to help you, then you cut him and pick up Gordon. In one, I, What I did in one of my leagues is I picked him up with the idea being that I'll find out what his status is by 4 o'clock on Friday because that's when the waiver claims will process, and if a team claimed him, he'll be on a new team, and then I'll know whether or not I want to keep him or not. And if he doesn't get claimed, I can cut him. Go right. get the player that I dropped them for. Just get him back on my team. But you have to have that empty roster spot. You can't cut somebody who's who's decent or better. Kenny Stills comes to mind for me. I t- we talked about him yesterday. Just like eighty percent owned. And and I think anybody that's going into a buy in week ten that you don't right. need is easily cuttable. Uh, Case Keenum still in the concussion protocol, and Joe Flacco is out four to six weeks with a bulging bulging disc in his neck. And do you By ex- four to six weeks, you mean the rest of the season. Do you expect the following players? Eric Ebron at Pittsburgh. Mm. As of now, sure. Well, but he he popped up on the injury report, didn't practice with an ankle on Thursday. So You'll have a better idea with your mailbag show. There you go. We'll give you the update this afternoon. Well, tomorrow you'll hear it. Uh, Trey Carson at Oakland. Yep. Adam Thielen at Kansas City. nice if City. he wasn't there, though. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Adam Thielen at Kansas City. I think he'll play. He says he can play, but he said it's not up to him. So I wonder what that means in terms of are they going to clear him? D.D. Westbrook against Houston. I made the trip, so that's a good sign. Yeah, Hmm. I want to go to London. Uh, Adrian Peterson at Buffalo. Why don't you go now? What a great time to go. Yeah. I think Peterson plays. Yeah. All right. Even with his bad ankles. I want to get into the games a little bit quicker than we did last yesterday. So let me just go through. Let me we'll do a quick run through on these stats to know for today's games. Chargers are facing the Packers at home. Uh red zone targets for the Chargers. Mike Williams has ten. Keenan Allen has nine. Mike Williams has only two catches in the red zone. He has five catches inside the ten. I five targets inside the 10 and only one catch, whereas Keenan Allen has seven catches inside the, at the 10 and four catches. So Mike Williams is getting the targets, just not getting the catches. But that's that could mean that positive regression is coming in that case. He's also been getting a ton of air yards. So everything points to him eventually breaking out and having a big game. Doesn't mean maybe, it's going to happen this, this week. week. Yeah, It could be, maybe. Gonna need some, I think you know what he, you know what he is at this point. He's a number three receiver. Mike Williams. You know, okay. there'll, be, there'll be a couple of big big games coming, but there'll probably be some more duds as well. One of many receivers with a 10-point PPR floor. I don't think he's someone I'd drop for Josh Gordon, though. Mike Williams? No. Oh, okay. No. Definitely not. Uh, Derrick Henry has been a top 20 running back in PPR only once in his last six games. But 
that was his best matchup in those six games, and I think he's probably getting his second best matchup in that stretch this week against the Packers. He's had some some rough rough schedule. Panthers. Uh, uh, yes, Panthers. Sorry, um, Derek right. Henry. He said he had a rough schedule, but. I'm going to say he finishes top 20 in PPR this week, but I just want to bring that up. One week of the last six top 20 finish for Derrick Henry in PPR. This is this is an interesting week for that Panthers defense because they got embarrassed in a bad way against the run. And so is it sell out against the run and make Ryan Tannehill beat you, much like the Cardinals did to the 49ers? And I think that's going Probably, to be Probably, so right. And they'll feel you're not, comfortable doing You're it. not benching Derrick Henry by any stretch, but I don't think he's a good fan duel running back this week. Okay. Uh, Russell Wilson has four games with less than 30 pass attempts, and he's had three That's bad, surprising. Three <laughs> bad games in those four. He's had four games with 33 or more pass attempts, and he's had three great games in those four. So is there any rhyme or reason? Well, opponents are scoring 20 points per game in Wilson's four games with less than 30 pass attempts. In his four games with 33 or more passes, opponents are scoring 27 points per game. So maybe you have to think about how many points are the are the Bucks going to put up? Because listen, the matchup's great for Wilson, but he has had bad games against the Bengals, Cardinals, and Falcons this year. The matchups don't even matter. It's the pass yeah. attempts that matter more because he's that good. He can beat anybody, you know? It's kind of an interesting way to look I, at I Wilson. I think that you're going to see the, the, the Tampa Bay offense do what the Tampa Bay offense does. They'll be right around 25 points. Uh, it'll be, you know, a 300-2-2 game for Jameis. And so I think they'll push the tempo enough that the Seahawks will throw probably a little bit more. Plus, it's hard to run on Tampa Bay. I mean, we've said that time and time again that, yep. you know, you're not benching Chris Carson, but this is not going to be an easy game for him to get his number. So He's not a top 10 running back. This is a, this is a scenario where Russell Wilson, uh, I mean, he may use Carson in the passing game too, so I, I don't think anybody's benching Carson. No. So, um, but yeah, I think Wilson will be fine. I wouldn't worry about him. Yeah, but it, it is just interesting. But Tampa Bay has been scoring fairly well, 23 or more points in five straight games. Carson Wentz, 15 or fewer fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues in three of his last four games. And in those three bad games, he has failed to reach 30 pass attempts or 200 yards. So he's another guy we have to think about. What's the score? Is it going to be a close game? He's been in a lot of lopsided games. Um, you know, and, you know... Uh, Let's see what happens against the Bears. Might be another lopsided game. He might not have to throw that the much. The, the only weird one in that stretch for me is the Jets game because that was their defense score twice, or they had two two DST touchdowns, or defensive touch, whatever it was. Yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. non-offensive, non-offensive scores, right? Um, and so I I think you know you look at it. He he's had a tough stretch, three straight road games. They're back home. I don't think the Bears defense is playing as well as it did last year. I don't think that's a, a big surprise, and so. I think this is a bounce back game for him, so I, I think he's a good start. Really? Okay, good. I'm yeah. looking forward to talking. I about like that him game. if Deshaun plays. I think if Deshaun Jackson plays, it puts him into the top twelve. Yeah, I think he doesn't need Deshaun Jackson to have success this week either way. Well, look, the the Bears well, run it's the defense, yardage that worries me. The Bears run defense has been struggling lately, and Jordan Howard yes. actually has the third most carries inside the five yard line. In the NFL, Jordan Howard, third most. He has eight carries inside the five-yard line. Miles Sanders has two carries, and they were both in week one. So all that goal line work going to Howard. A couple more notes real quick. Jamal Williams didn't have a ton of touches, but he had a one-yard rushing touchdown and a three-yard receiving touchdown last week at Kansas City. It's kind of interesting that he got the work near the goal line. Aaron Jones will get a lot of that too. And Minnesota has already allowed five quarterbacks to score 18 or more fantasy points, which isn't a huge number, but five quarterbacks have scored 18 or more fantasy points against the Vikings this year, six point per passing touchdown leagues. 
Last year, only three quarterbacks did that all season, and two of them did that when Everson Griffin was out. So those are just some little factoids for you to take into your week and maybe into your FanDuel lineup. Yeah, like you look at Minnesota, right, and in that game against the Chiefs, Stephon Diggs is expensive. If Thielen plays, I'm not going to play him. If Thielen doesn't play, he might be my favorite high-end wide receiver or maybe Devontae Adams if he comes back as well. Uh, I got Kenny Galladay in my lineup because I really like him against Oakland, and he's high-end, but he's not super, super expensive. You, I already said yesterday I was going to FanDuel Robbie Anderson. Well, here's what I'm talking about. You know, you find these stats that make you believe in a player, and then you go, you don't have them on any of your seasonal teams. All right, whatever. Put them in your FanDuel lineup. Get on FanDuel right now. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. If you go to FanDuel.com slash FFT and make a $20 deposit, you get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. You take those five bucks, you go to our contest, which is FanDuel.com slash League slash FFT, and you join. So don't get stuck with a lineup that you're going to regret. You pick a new team every week, as many as you want. You play for as much or as little as you want. You play in big tournaments with high prizes or you play in 50-50s where half the contest wins, you don't win as much money, whatever you want to do. You can make kind of safer lineups. You can make high upside lineups. I wouldn't mind a Darnold, Herndon, Anderson, Bell stack. I really think that could work this week. Could be terrible, but it could win you a ton of money. These are chances that you have to take on FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, FanDuel.com slash FFT, or download the FanDuel app. Okay, let's beat the waiver wire, and then we'll get into the games. Next week, we got a lot of buys. Texans. Pats, Broncos, Jags, Eagles, Redskins, all on by. And some DSTs for you to consider. Detroit the Colts. Is, Detroit is at Chicago. Yes, the Colts. They have the Dolphins, right? At home. Yes. And they're 48% owned. Like, you know, pick them up. 48% the Ravens, owned. Too. The Ravens are at the Bengals. They're 51% mm-hmm. owned. Two great DSTs if you have a roster spot. Uh, Bengals and Colts. Who else can we pick up? Derek Carr has the Chargers. Here's the thing about the Chargers. Don't give up a ton of points to quarterbacks, but yards per attempt, they're one of the worst in the NFL. They just don't see a lot of passes, but maybe Derek Carr can keep up a hot streak. Uh, You could look at Chris Herndon against the Giants. I think people should pick up Chris Herndon now, guys. What do you think? (laughs) Is now the right time? I mean, we've been saying it since uh, uh, the two games before his suspension, so since week four. He's got a good chance to play this week. And schedule's great. So Herndon, uh, maybe Cameron Giants have Bate. actually been good against Tedenzo. Yeah, six fewest they, fantasy points. They haven't points, faced a lot of good but, ones. Exactly. Um, I just think you should pick him up in general. But but Cameron Bray, look, if, sure. if O.J. Howard's out, Cameron Bray gets Arizona next week. That could be nice. And you can use Bray this week, too. Yeah, that's a good two-week solution. I have Ryan Tannehill against Tennessee Which in my notes, but he plays for Tennessee. I think he plays Tampa Bay, right? Tannehill against Tampa Bay next week, pretty sure. No. Arizona no. plays Tampa Bay next week. Tennessee next play? week has Kansas City okay, at home. Okay, there you go. I knew he had a good matchup. Um, and then Cam Newton. Cam Newton's 44% owned. And he's at Green Bay next week, but he's Cam Newton. Wow. Sterling Shepard's out there in 70% owned. of leagues, Adam. Yeah, I don't know if O.J. Howard's missing this week or next week, but if he is, Cameron Bray could be could be solid for you. Jonu Smith, like, man, don't like, don't you just wish Jonu Smith... If if Jonu Smith were out and Delaney Walker were in, compared to vice versa, like don't you just want Jonu Smith to have that job? Wouldn't you just be higher Definitely. on him than Walker? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They they should use them both when they play and just keep Delaney Walker in line more often and let Jonu Smith play in that 
receiver role. It might be worth your, your time to pick up uh, Jack Doyle now, too, just in case Ebron's out and then you get the Dolphins next week. That, that's a good point. That's excellent. Yeah. Okay, Green Bay is at the Chargers. Uh, wait, uh, uh, you know, let me just say this. If Hilton and Ebron are out, where are you going to rank Jack Doyle this week? Top 12. Top 12 uh, in PPR. Yeah, just outside that. I mean, the Steelers' defense is good. Okay, here we go. Let's go to the game. Six to preview. Green Bay at the Chargers, your stat of the game. The Packers allow the eighth highest passing yards per attempt. I don't know if I should say eighth highest or eighth most, but they give up a lot of yards per attempt. And Phillip Rivers has the seventh most attempts per game in the NFL. Rivers has been a little frustrating. What do you think about him this week? I don't think he's bad. I don't have him as a top 12 quarterback. I have him 13. But I like the one I'm toying with now is him over Brady. Because I have Brady at 12. Like I think it's going to be a situation where it's a high-scoring game. And they're chasing points. And so you know, it's just a matter of who's getting the touchdowns. Are they going to give the short area touchdowns to their running backs? Most likely Gordon. Or is it going to be he's having to throw a lot late in the game? So I don't I, if if you've stuck with Rivers, this stretch of games where he's been up and down, mostly down, I wouldn't get away from him this week. I think he's a sneaky DFS quarterback. And you know, again, the the Packers have given up some some good games to quarterbacks of late. I mean, look, Matt Moore put twenty two on him last yeah. week. What do you think the impact is of the offensive coordinator change? That's a big question. It's a really big question. I I, I wonder if it's. Doesn't even matter this week though, just because of what's gonna. If the game goes as I think most people logically would look at it and say Packers score on this Chargers defense, where is the you know Chargers offense come from? They're gonna try to run early, you know, establish the run and you know get it get an edge of time of possession. But I think in the end of the game, it's gonna be in Rivers' hands having to throw the ball. So I think he falls into a good production by the end of the week. Yeah, and right. It's four straight weeks really where the Packers have given up some fantasy points: twenty-five to Wentz. 26 to Prescott, I think, 22-ish to the Raiders guys, and same, like right around there with with uh, Moore as well. Uh, all right, so the Chargers running backs. But these, you know, I'm not so sure that we have a good defense on the field here in Green Bay and Los Angeles. There could be, uh, there could be a lot of, but this could be a uh, a big one. So Wait a minute. I could play this music for like five games today. I'm not declaring anything. I'm not even sure I want to do a bonanza. I, I might just play this music when, I, when I'm when i feeling happy. This game makes me happy. But are Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler going to make fantasy owners happy this week? I think Gordon's got a shot because yeah. of how bad this Packers run defense has been. And I know that they ultimately had nice numbers against Kansas City, but they I don't think that that could. They've given up over 100 rushing yards or a touchdown to a running back in feels like every game since week two or maybe week three uh, since week two. Yeah. So th- that combined with the fact that the chargers want to run the football more theoretically because they got rid of Wizenhunt, hunt leads me to believe that there's a good chance for Melvin Gordon this week and his, his price in DFS happens to actually be very low. I've got to look it up to see what it is on FanDuel, but I'm going to use him. Um, here it is 6,300 on FanDuel. No, that's pretty nice low. cheap price yeah. for him. And uh, don't be surprised if he gets a couple of catches out of the backfield, too. I think you're going to see him get a lot of work. And I think you'll see Eckler. I, I, I'm hoping that Eckler sees an uptick in work after what happened last week. But I don't know if it's going to be toward the double digits. Yeah, he's he's definitely had uh, tough tougher matchups. Um, Denver, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Chicago. Green Bay will be the easiest matchup. Although, you know, Chicago's been a little vulnerable. So how would you rank the running backs in this game? Jones. Gordon, Williams, Eckler. 
I'll, PPR, I'll go back and forth I'll, I'll on Eckler and Williams. I'll flip Williams and Eckler and PPR. Yeah, I, I I go back and forth with those two at the bottom, but I agree with the first two. Are there? Uh, how do you feel about starting Eckler and Jamal Williams? I mean, again, they're better in PPR than non-PPR, but I, I would start Williams regardless just because of what running backs were missing this week. Uh, Eckler, I'd be a little bit more concerned about starting him in non-PPR. Let's do the Jalen Samuels and Mark Walton lines. So let's say Connor's out. How many of these guys are ahead of the Jalen Samuels line? Just Jones and Gordon. So you, think, you would go Gordon, I huh? think only Jones. I think I would take Jalen Samuels yeah. ahead of Gordon if he's the well, only maybe. guy in Pittsburgh. I'm just trying to think. I, I, Definitely I, in PPR. I know I've been saying all week uh, top 15 for Samuels, and I have Gordon right around 15. So, Okay. Yeah, probably Samuels over Gordon. Makes and sense. Where's Walton? Where's Waldo? Uh, Walton's ahead of the bottom two guys, right. ahead of Williams and Eckler. We had a very and cute, I I feel the same way about Walton. We had a very cute Where's yeah. Waldo costume last night. By the way, just wanna just wanna let you know. I'll For you, I was sort of in on it. I see this, I, I, this red. I'm actually wearing the same shirt. Uh, I wore a red shirt. You didn't change after oh going trick or treating last night. I didn't go trick or treating, so I feel I felt like I could rewear the shirt. <laughs> That's also laundry day. Friday, Friday and Saturday are laundry days. Uh, I'm disgusted. You are the smelliest human being. So Keenan Allen, how much do you trust Keenan Allen and or Mike Williams this week? Trust is a tough word with these guys at this point. Yeah, it I is. think you're starting Keenan Allen by default. Um, it's the uh, the FOMO effect of fear of missing out of him having a breakout game. So is that what it is with Odell too? No, no. I kind of feel like it's the same <laughs> no. thing with both of them. No, because Od- Odell has game. Odell is not just struggling. He's got tough matchups. Like, yeah. this is somewhat of a tough matchup, but nowhere near what Odell's facing. So I would take my chances with Keenan Allen over Odell Beckham, 10 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, this has this has been a somewhat tough matchup. They give up the 12th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Allen Robinson, Thielen, Diggs, Sutton, Jeffrey, Tyreek Hill, all 7 to 10 fantasy points in non-PPR, which is a good but not great game. You'll probably take that from Keenan Allen. It's worth starting. It's worth starting. Um Four wide receivers have had like kind of big PPR games. Two two Cowboys, Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay. Okay, uh, and then Mike Williams. Mike Williams is a flex at best. Yep. Yes. Okay, moving on. Oh, Hunter Henry, top three. Green Bay allows yes. the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. This is actually a guy I think is worth the price on FanDuel in Hunter Henry. Um, he just gets a lot of targets, and he's very good. So His price is shooting up, though. It so. didn't feel astronomical to me. But, no. Well, okay. But yeah, I don't know. That's because I it was the last position I picked on my Fanduel lineup that I did this morning, and I had the money, and I was like, okay, let's do it. So uh, let's go to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is top seven. He's you're starting Aaron Rodgers. He's just been on fire, and you know you're starting him. <laughs> Aaron Jones a must start. Jamal Williams or Mike Williams. I'll take. I will definitely take. Jamal and non PPR. I think there's probably a slightly higher ceiling with Jamal and PPR just for the touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, you see, if if Devontae Adams is is out, that's an easy win for me. I'll go Jamal Williams. If Adams is in, then does he throw to his running backs as much? So, yeah, right. Which would not, okay, not going to sit Aaron Jones, but maybe could affect him a little bit. But uh, so if Devontae Adams is in, you're obviously starting him. If Devontae, what's the wide receiver scenario for the Packers? 
Like, do you like them more if Devontae Adams no. actually plays? No. No. I don't like have any a hard of time them? trusting Other than any Adams. of them. Okay. It, it's it's such a weird situation because there's, you know, usually when you look at, at the quarterbacks that are ranked high, that's either one of two reasons. Yeah. One, in Lamar Jackson's case, he's going to run around and make plays, and so it doesn't really matter who he's throwing to. In Aaron Rodgers' case, it's just he's using everybody. So there's no rhyme or reason to this being a Valdez-Scantling week, a Kumaro week, maybe an Allison week. This could be one of the games where Jimmy Graham, the ball sticks in his hands in the end zone. The running backs are catching passes. It's just he's using everybody. Matt LaFleur is, you know, you talk about Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Matt LaFleur's offense is, is better because he has a better quarterback. And so... Well, he's also doing a great job of utilizing the running backs. But, but and having the running backs sure, catch passes it's, it's, is it's, just it's, brilliant. Diff- it's different, though, when you have that guy calling plays. Not that Kyler Murray is playing awful, but, you know, when you have arguably the best guy in the league making those decisions, it's different. Mm-hmm. So... I think you just look at uh, Rodgers is fantastic, and it's a dart throw with the other guys, aside from Jones and Williams. Okay, and then talk to me about how you feel about Jimmy Graham, who gets a lot of red zone, green zone targets without Devontae Adams in there. Uh, How do you feel about Graham? Green's inside the 10. Oh, okay. I've given Um, up on magenta, but green zone, I think, should stick. For you. Um, It's... uh, you know, he's in that same conversation as, you know, whether like him more or not, but Fells and John New Smith and TJ Hawkinson and Cameron and Bray. Touchdown. Right. It, it's uh, it, it, like it, I, I'll say, you know, you probably hear me say this a lot. If, if, he, if you've been sticking with him all this time and no Devonta Adams, I'd stick with him. If Adams plays, then I would try and find Bray or John or, you know, somebody else on waivers just because I think it'll be a downtick in him in terms of targets. Okay. And. Green Bay's DST is in play. Top 12 for Dave and Jamie, and not for Heath. 18th for Heath. Sit the Chargers DST. Minnesota-Kansas City is next. But before we tell you about Minnesota-Kansas City, let me talk to you about ZipRecruiter because hiring can be a challenge. As Quotable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered, Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team, and that's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter, and she said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants, and she even used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. My favorite part about ZipRecruiter, people, with results like that, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Within the first day. So if you want to use ZipRecruiter, see why it's effective for businesses of all sizes. Try it for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, we're going to have Dave and Jamie hop over to the audio booth. Can I can I give you something first before, just because it beat the waiver wire stuff? Yeah. So according to Josina Anderson, Cam Newton is headed to Green Bay to visit a foot specialist, yeah. Dr. Robert Anderson. And Ian Rappaport says that football is probably a long way off for Cam Newton. Okay. Does not appear to be getting better. Oh, no. What a bummer. What a bummer. All right, well, that stinks, and uh, we will talk about Carolina a little bit later. And, uh, yeah, let's get to Minnesota and Kansas City as Dave and Jamie transport. Minnesota is at Kansas City. Here we go. 
Stat of the game. Oh, oh, this is cool. Only one wide receiver has more than 77 yards against the Chiefs in their last seven games. And in their last six games, only Kenny Galladay has caught a touchdown. Oh, my gosh. What does that mean to you? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair. I, I, maybe that's supposed to make me nervous about using Thielen and Diggs, but there's absolutely no way I'm going to tell anybody to not use them. You yeah. know what their potential is from game to game. You've seen it the last three weeks from Diggs, and Thielen's a touchdown magnet. So Diggs has 140 or, or more yards, three straight games, and four or five games with more than 100. The problem is they, I think they've only had one game where they've both been good. And I'm not counting the Green Bay game where Diggs had like one catch for 49 yards and a touchdown. So if Thielen plays, you know, are they are they both still must-start guys? It's the same like the Tampa Bay guys because I don't think they've played well at the same time together. So either. I have two games where they both played well together. Uh, I, I just think you're starting them with the hope that they both deliver quality games. It may not be 100 and a touchdown for each of them, but... You know, maybe one gets 80, maybe one gets the 100 and a touchdown. You know, it's they're just too good, and there's too much potential to get away from either one. Now, if you have both, that's the tough question. I don't know how many people are in that scenario, but I, I would still lean toward Thielen more times than not because he's been more consistent. Okay. Sticking with the Vikings, well, actually, just this game in general, do you think either Matt Moore or Kirk Cousins are start start-worthy quarterbacks? I think Cousins is just by virtue of his receivers. Cousins, for me, is the same way I feel about Rivers. Like, I don't think he's a must-start quarterback, but it's the situation where he's been playing so well. Are you going to get last week's game where he's basically just managing the, the game and, you know, they're, they're just Easy coast to victory, right. Or is it a situation where he's having to throw or just beat up on a bad defense? Now, I don't think the Chiefs are a bad defense. They've been better the last few weeks. Like, I don't, I don't think what they did against Aaron Rodgers is an indication of how they've been playing because that's a great quarterback. They're getting Chris Jones back. That's going to help the pass rush. So I think Cousins is a borderline starter. I wouldn't necessarily rush to put him in my lineup. I do think that pass rush was already good. That They had been playing well without Chris Jones. And now getting Chris Jones back, it's it's going to be a challenge for that offensive line. They're going to have to use um, play action in the boot game, get Cousins moving out of the pocket, which he can do. Are you going with Cousins or Phillip Rivers? I have Cousins ahead of Rivers. Yeah, I'll take Rivers over. All right. Yeah, Dave's higher. Dave has Cousins 8th, and Jamie has him 14th, and Heath has him 17th. This has typically been a tough place for quarterbacks to play, but the last two quarterbacks who have gone to Arrowhead have had good games. That was uh, Watson and Rodgers, for what that's worth, and Watson really needed his rushing totals. Dalvin Cook's a must-start. Alexander Madison. Dalvin Cook should have a monster game. Jeez. Madison, any interest in Madison? Deeper leagues. He's, uh, you know... By-league replacement? He's been above... 50, at least 52 rushing yards in four of his last six games. He just doesn't do much with it. Right. So non-PPR, desperate flex, floor of five points. I think that's fair. Yeah. If he scores, you'll be thrilled. You know, yeah. he, One it, touchdown him, and three though, catches this like year. It, so. You know, you talked about Josh Gordon. If there's an open roster on your team, go just mm-hmm. pick him up. If something, God forbid, happens to Dalvin Cook, this guy's going to win your league. Yeah, yeah, it's a good call. Uh, Chiefs are terrible against running backs. 4.94 yards per carry to running backs. We talked about Thielen and Diggs. Not going to start a tight end for the Vikings. So we go over to Matt Moore. And where do you guys have Matt Moore ranked this week? Well outside the top 12. I've got him 18th. He's a a good two-quarterback super flex guy this week. I mean, you know, 
two of the last three quarterbacks against Minnesota at least 24 fantasy points. The one not doing it was last week with Washington. You know, I, I think what you saw last week is encouraging. 22 fantasy points from him. You know, they're they're probably going to be throwing a lot in this game. I, I think he's not bad if you're stuck. Yeah, and Minnesota, like, they just give up touchdowns. They don't give up a lot of yards, but they give up touchdowns. That's kind of the deal. And like I said, they've already been, they've just been significantly worse against quarterbacks and wide receivers than they were last season. Can you trust a Chiefs running back this week? And let's compare them to, say, Jamal Williams, who's really a gamble, no question. Would you start either Chiefs running back over Jamal Williams? I feel like Williams is a safer gamble than either of the Chiefs running backs. Yeah, he, he's going to play probably as much as those other guys. But my guess is McCoy will probably have more touches. But you've been harping on this, Adam, that the fumble last week, who knows if that comeback st- comes back to haunt McCoy. That, that's the biggest issue for me is we don't know who's going to do what from week to week. Yeah, it's, I, I really don't want to. It's start another them. team. Probably, it's safe to say it's a hot hand approach with three guys. It's never been just McCoy and Damian Williams. Daryl Williams has gotten involved too. Yeah, and look, it's not an easy matchup either. The Vikings allow the fifth fewest nope. fantasy points. They haven't had to face a lot of good running backs. I'll say that, but they are good against the run so far. So yeah, it's just it's ugly. Would you start? Would you start Sammy Watkins? Because every, like everybody's going to start Tyreek Hill. He's top 10 in non-PPR, top 12 in PPR. Would you start Sammy Watkins over a Chiefs running back? Yeah. I think I would in full PPR, assuming that I couldn't find somebody on another team. <laughs> like, these are strictly my options. Okay. Uh, and then Travis Kelsey. Yeah, nobody's starting McCole Hardman, right? No, it's too much of a gamble. You can but start... But if, if you're... If you're if you're running that low at receiver, that's the type of start that you have to make. You can start Hunter Henry over Travis Kelsey, maybe Darren Waller, but for the most part, Travis Kelsey's top five, and you're going to be starting Travis Kelsey. And what do you think about the Vikings DST? Okay. They might be able to get a couple of sacks, maybe a pick. They're just so disappointing for what the expectations are mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Well, like they're, they're one of those teams that are just so good defensively. They just don't get the counting stats that you look for. I blame Xavier Rhodes. Step it up, Xavier Rhodes. Dallas is at the Giants. Stat of the game. All right, Michael Gallup. So I don't know how many tough calls there are in this game, although I would say the receivers are tough other than Cooper. Michael Gallup has had seven or more targets in four or five games. Seven or more targets. There have been seven wide receivers with seven or more targets against the Giants. Six of them have had 95 or more yards. The other was John Brown. He had seven catches for 72 yards. You get seven targets against the Giants, you're going to have a good game. Gallup's trending in the wrong direction a little bit. Starter sit Michael Gallup. I'm starting him because of the the matchup specifically. Yeah. He's, I, I, he's basically a must starter. I don't know if he's going to for sure get seven targets. I think game flow will be dependent on that, but I still can't take the chance of him... I know he's been bad the last couple of weeks. This Giants defense is terrible. I, I think that he can find some room to run against them. He's a number two receiver this week. Okay. Would you start him over Beckham? I currently have Beckham two spots ahead of Gallup in PPR. I, yeah, I'll take Gallup. Yeah, I can see that. That's not close. Right. Okay, would you start him over Keenan Allen? Same thing. Uh, it's closer in PPR, but I would start him over 
uh, Alan. Yes. You would. Okay. So Gallup's a start. Cooper's a start. What about Tate and Shepard? I love Tate. I, I love Tate if Shepard is out. Right. I would be a little bit more nervous about Tate if Shepard plays because now you're talking about more targets to be spread around with Evan Ingram and Barkley, and so he would go from a number two receiver to a number three receiver. Well, does it hurt Darius Slayton more than it hurts Golden Tate? Well, it obviously hurts Slayton, but I mean Shepard's a much better player at this point than Slayton is. Well, we only have one game with Tate and Shepard on the field at the same time, and Tate had three catches for 13 yards on six targets. It was his first game after the suspension, and I think it was against the Vikings. It was. Dallas, though, they, they give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They don't give up huge games. Like Sterling Shepard had six for 42. McLaurin had five for 62 and a touch. Michael Thomas had nine for 95. The Jets wide receivers had big games. Yeah, the reason you like Golden Tate this week, or you should like Golden Tate, is the amount of targets he's been getting. It's not going to be the case if Shepard plays. How much does it go down, though? Because he's been getting at least last three games, 9, 11, and 10 targets. Yeah, I would say... Eight is the max. He'll probably still have a good game. Uh, here's the thing. One thing about Golden Tate, though. He has one red zone target, I believe, and no targets inside the 10, whereas Sterling right. Shepard has five red zone targets and three targets inside the 10 in four games. So Tate just seems unlikely to catch a touchdown. He's Golden Tate, right? He's PPR specialist. Eight targets still probably pretty good. So let's say Shepard plays. Would you play Golden Tate or Shepard? Let's start with that. Tate. I would take Tate and PPR for sure. I think I would take Tate and non PPR. I wouldn't I'm not that excited about Tate and non PPR. I'm not exactly sure where I am ranked, but he shouldn't be very high. And uh yeah, non PPR. I still think this Cowboys defense is good. It's one of the reasons why I'm not as excited about Daniel Jones this week. I think they've got a good pass rush and I think they've got a good secondary. You guys are not excited about Daniel Jones. Heath does have him in the top twelve which surprised me a little bit. He has him 10th. You guys have him around 20th. Uh, and Dallas allows the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz had single digits against them. I, the, the jury's still out a little bit on the Cowboys' defense, but it's healthy now. They're healthy. They, they should steamroll the Giants. And Prescott is top three for you guys. Top two. Second for Jamie. Second for Heath. First for Dave. So start Dak Prescott. Start Barkley. Start Zeke. Start Cooper. Start Ingram. He's like sixth this or so in the rankings. How about mm-hmm. Jason Whitten? And yeah, Whitten or Jimmy Graham? How about that? Uh, Whitten. I believe I've Whitten a little bit higher than Graham. Okay. But they're the same. Back to the touchdown or bust tight end conversation. Cowboys DST is fourth for Jamie, fifth for Dave, twelfth for Heath. Not a lot of surprises in this game. Just those wide receivers I thought were worth talking about. And Chicago is at Philadelphia. Uh, I guess people, I have gotten a couple of questions about Tony Pollard. How does Tony Pollard compare to Alexander Madison? In terms of a stash, they're the same. This Madison week. is obviously doing more, so that's why he's a little bit better. But, you know, it's, uh, they're, they're lottery tickets. So if you have an open roster spot, stash him also. But this I've week, started stashing Pollard when I couldn't find Madison. Sorry, this particular game. Like, we could see Madison getting 50 yards. Pollard, Pollard, oh, you can't, not, right? you can't trust Pollard. Right. Yeah. Okay. Bears and Eagles. So, stat of the game. Tariq Cohen has not scored more than 12 fantasy points in PPR all season. He had 12 in week one. That's his season high in PPR. That's Tariq Cohen. There are currently 23 running backs that average 12 or more PPR fantasy points. So, it's not even that good of a game. And he has not eclipsed 12 PPR fantasy points. But I think, Jamie, you gave him as your little surprise player yesterday. 
I, I say the same thing I said about Singletary last week. The Eagles have struggled with pass catching running backs. And Cohen in the games where they've been losing for the most part, it's been four times that they've lost. Last week was the first time that he failed to get you at least 10 PPR points. So he's not a must start by any stretch, but I think he's in a flex play conversation. And in PPR, I would actually start him ahead of Montgomery. And last week they weren't really, it was more of a closer back and forth game. It wasn't like they were totally playing from yep. behind all game long. We feel kind of icky about the Chiefs running backs. Do you also feel that way about David Montgomery against Philadelphia? I mean, in comparison to the Chiefs running backs, I like Montgomery a lot more. But uh, I see where you're going with it, that it's not a slam dunk. Like, last week for me, the setup was just perfect. You had Nagy complaining about being criticized with the seven rush attempts against the Saints. You had a situation of a bad matchup, a good matchup, bad run defense on the other side of the field. This is not the case at all. This is a good run defense in Philadelphia. They don't give up a lot of production on the ground. And so I think it's going to be tough for Montgomery. He's not a, a guy you have to completely run away from, but I just think it's going to be kind of back to what it was when he was in the struggling mode. I think he's going to need a touchdown to help your fantasy. And I agree with that part. I think he's a low-end number two running back. I think the Bears did discover, and you go and look at how they played last week, they used six offensive linemen on a little less than half of his runs. They used a fullback on a bunch of his runs. I think that those two things are part of the formula that they think they need to do in order to get him going. And against tough run defenses, if you can scheme up those types of plays well, you're still going to find you're still going to find yardage. So I'm I'm not going to say get away from David Montgomery is going to be terrible, but he's not going to he won't be as good as he was last week. Adrian Peterson or Montgomery? I'll go with Montgomery. Yeah, I'll take Peterson. How about a Chargers running back? Both Chargers running backs or Montgomery? Both. Both. Okay. Jamal Williams. Yep. yep. Over Montgomery. All right. Uh, Jamal Williams or Tariq Cohen? PPR. Williams for me. Um, I will take Williams over Cohen. What do you think about... Oh, so we're sitting Trubisky. It's like 20th in the rankings. What do you think about the wide receivers for the Bears in this game? It's just Allen great Robinson. one and then a bunch of turds. Well, <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Miller's, Miller's been, been okay. I just don't yeah. think anybody wants to start a guy that's got nine-point PPR potential. Yeah, And I know it's a favorable matchup for him, and I don't think Trubisky was particularly terrible last week, but it's just tough to trust. He was particularly him. terrible last week. Hmm? He was particularly terrible last week. Okay. The fact that they're having him watch TV to check his mannerisms, I mean, he's a disaster right now. Yeah, I mean, they, there's been talk about him getting benched, maybe not necessarily from the Bears, but from the media. Right, I don't so, think the Bears have the chutzpah to do that. They at do this have point. a decent backup. Well, I mean, backup. you're admitting that you failed on right. trading up for a guy that you could have. But at the same time, not letting him make a play when they have 40 seconds oh, left and one timeout, I think that that says that they don't quite trust him. Of course yeah. they don't. Right. All right, but Allen Robinson is a must start. Get him in your lineup against the Eagles, who give up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers going over to the Philadelphia side, uh, Carson Wentz. So yeah, there's so many ways to go about this. I mean, the, the bears have only allowed seven touchdown passes in seven games. There's only one quarterback who scored more than 15 fantasy points again, uh, Teddy. 17 fantasy points against them. Yeah. Sorry. And Bridgewater that's Bridgewater. They have ago. not faced a lot of good quarterbacks, but rivers and Rogers were bad against the bears in terms of fantasy production. So yeah, why why are we? Why well, Rodgers like faced them when they were healthy. Well, the only guy they're missing is Hicks. Hicks, that's a pretty big miss. Tackle. It's, pressure up the middle. It's pretty big. Well, but that's been missing. But his absence in the run game has also been a huge factor. 
And I think Philadelphia kind of realized that they can run last week. They did a great job scheming it up. Andre Dillard looked more comfortable at left tackle. And I, I, I wonder if, if Deshaun Jackson's not playing, they try to lean on the run game and try and ball control their way to another win. See, I think this is a game like where Wentz is right around 202, 203. I, I think this is a – they could throw to their backs too in this game. So I like the setup for them. Uh, Rivers or Wentz? Wentz. I have Wentz higher. I have Wentz close to a starter. Brady or Wentz? I have Brady ranked ahead of him right now. I want to see – if Jimmy Smith comes back, that's going to make me even more nervous to go with Brady. And his offensive line could be a liability. Like, I, I don't really get – so then the Patriots, how are they going to win? Because it's hard to run on the Ravens, right? And they can't run the ball to begin with. And then if they're just if Brady's not going to be good, how are they going to score any points unless their defense does it? They so, might well, not win. Their best player is going to score probably two touchdowns with, uh, you know, whether it's Gilmore or McCourty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just Brady Wentz over Brady when it doesn't seem like Wentz has a good matchup is kind of interesting since Brady's been a lot better than Wentz. I mean, Wentz Brady's has to throw. track record in Baltimore is not good. The Ravens' defense is playing better. I don't think this Bears' defense is as good as it's been. Well, how do you feel I about, also how, don't know how, do you feel about, how much um, Wentz is going to have to throw. Well, that's, a, that's the key right there. Is, is he going to throw the ball? How do you feel yeah, about... I uh, trust him more than yeah, I mean, it, it's making me like Derek Carr and Jameis Winston more than both of them, just having this conversation. Oh, that's an easy one. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Jordan Howard? I think he's a great start this week. I think he is, too. I love the way that he ran last week in a tough matchup when they had to run. That's the other thing. Like, last week, you almost have to give Carson Wentz a pass because the weather was so bad and the wind was really mm-hmm. bad. We probably should have mentioned that when we were talking about Wentz. Sure. But the Bills knew the Eagles were running it at them, and they couldn't stop Jordan Howard. And he's, like you mentioned, with the uh, inside the five stat, yep. he's their guy near the goal line. He has five touchdowns this year inside the three. Miles Sanders has none, and you can play the revenge card here with Jordan Howard if you want to, but I think he gets some good opportunities. (laughs) Again, I like him better if there's no Deshaun Jackson. Melvin Gordon or Jordan Howard? I have Howard ranked ahead, and maybe I shouldn't be so... Uh, Howard in non-PPR for sure. It's closer in PPR because Howard just doesn't catch the ball. Maybe I shouldn't be so anti-Howard if Deshaun plays because Deshaun is going to force the Bears' safeties to play back. Beckham or Howard? Howard. Howard and non-PPR. Howard and both. Probably Howard and both. Gallup, sure. or, How- Gallup or Howard? I'm not sure I have it right. Who? Gallup. I'll take Howard and non. I'll probably take Gallup and PPR. Okay. Which, uh, do you like Alshon Jeffrey this week? Don't love him. Uh, he's a good number two receiver. Do you like Deshaun it, it, Jackson? To me, it feels like he's a number two receiver by default. Do you like Deshaun Jackson if he plays? If he plays, he'll be a high-end number three receiver. Which uh, Eagles tight end are you going with? Um, Ertz still, but Goddard's in that Hawkinson, Brait, Janu conversation. Who are you starting over Zach Ertz? That was ordinarily like no way. Janu and Fels. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I've got Ertz, Fels, Janu right now, and obviously Waller, Henry. And, and some studs. All right, Bears DST is in play. Eagles DST is better. You guys like them better than the Bears DST in this game. I've actually started dropping the Bears DST in uh, in the leagues where I had them. They get Detroit next week, then the Rams, then the Giants. 
Giants will be coming off a bye when they play them, then the Lions again, then the Cowboys, then the Packers, then the Chiefs. All right, all right. I got, I got you. I got you. All right, we got to take one more quick break here. We got two games left, Tampa Bay, Seattle, and Carolina, Tennessee. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Tampa Bay and Seattle. Everybody's going to start Russell Wilson. Starters to Jameis Winston. I'm starting him. I know the turnover concerns are legit, but they can't run the ball, and uh, they, they're going to throw a lot. Okay. Sit the Tampa Bay running backs. Obviously, and start. Yeah. But this is easy. Start both Tampa Bay wide receivers. It's going to be hard to find great receivers this week. I feel like if I don't know the number two receivers. We talked about this yesterday. It's it's not a great week. So yeah, there's no question. You're, you've got both those guys in your lineup, and um, Tyler Lockett is a must start. So what about DK Metcalf in this game? How do you feel about him? I think he's a sleeper based on he's a starter. I think he's top twenty four. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't have him as a top 24 he's guy. He's got 14 but I targets think he's got in the last two games without Disley. Uh, he's been much more involved the last two weeks. And so you saw last week the red zone production up, which was nice to see. The targets were there for him in the red zone uh, with the two short area touchdowns. The game before that, he was, uh, you know, when they were chasing points, it was a good situation for him. To, I mean, this is a bad defense, bad secondary. And so Metcalf's numbers are up. It, like, I'd start him over Beckham easily. Wow, he's the red zone uh, targets have been there all year for him. He just hadn't caught any, right? He was zero for nine. Before he was zero for week. nine last week, and then he caught two touchdowns against Atlanta. And it's it is another good matchup for him, and he's given you at least ten PPR points in three of his last four games. So another receiver that can have a safe floor and has high upside. So now we're starting Jameis over Brady. Is that what I heard? Yeah, I think we're gonna get there. Yeah, I was there all week. He was there all week. I'm getting there. Jameis. Or let me pull up the rankings. Jameis or or jeez, I think we kind of covered everybody. Jameis or Minshew? I'll go Minshew. Okay. Anything else in this game? Cameron Brait. OJ Howard's out. You rank Cameron Brait where? Top ten. Um, right there. Top twelve for me. High scoring game expected. He runs a lot of routes more than Johnu Smith, which is kind of crazy, and. Just got to take your chances on him. Just yeah, more opportunities better, to score. But they're right there. Kind of interesting. Oh, I have Johnny ranked higher than him too. Oh, I'm sorry. They're both top ten guys. Kind of interesting to see what happens with Chris Carson here because he's had four games against tough run defenses, and he has rushed for more than 65 yards only once in those four tough matchups. Like he just hasn't really been that good. And I, and one of those tough matchups was even last week at Atlanta. They actually have a good run defense, and he had a good game. 20 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. So it's so hard to get away from Chris Carson, but. I guess we should be maybe a little open-minded to it. Would you start? Would you start Jalen Samuels over him if Connor's out? Um, no, I don't think so either. Okay, I don't think he's a DFS play for me. I mean, Bucks Bucks allow the fewest running fewest yards per carry to running backs. Legitimately, very good run defense. That it's not going to stop Seattle from trying to run though. What sound did I just make? I was just like, that burr, that's going to bring us to our final game. 
Carolina at Tennessee. Just kind of bummed about this game now with that Cam Newton news. So uh, what are we thinking about Ryan Tannehill in this game? This is by this is Tennessee at Carolina, isn't it? Not Carolina at Tennessee. Who's home? Carolina's Carolina home. is at home. And they're going to be all over Ryan Tannehill. Not feeling Ryan Tannehill this Not week? Fe- I think Tannehill turns back into Tannehill this week. Kind of started to see it last week. Okay. He had two interceptions called back. He's 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 not he wasn't very good throwing downfield. The only guy that was catching downfield throws deep balls were was Janu. So um, are are you I'm starting? Not him at all. Der- we like Derrick Henry. We talked about that earlier. Legum is the number two running back. Set up for a good game. Derrick Henry or Jordan Howard? I like Howard better. Uh, I'll take Henry in non PPR, but Howard in PPR, just because the two or three catches that Howard might give you are better. Okay, and then are we avoiding the Tennessee wide receivers this week? I would. Yeah. Okay. Carolina, not, ahead of them. not as good lately against wide receivers, but we're talking about Chark, Westbrook, Godwin, Evans, Emmanuel Sanders. They had good games in the last three games against Carolina. It's so hard to trust. If they couldn't do it against Tampa Bay, you're not going to trust them against Carolina. Uh, Jonu Smith would be a start. He's currently ranked... What, I think eighth for Jamie, seventh for Jamie, ninth for Dave, seventh for Heath. So we like Jonu Smith. How do we, Kyle Allen? No, that's a good defense here in Tennessee. Christian McCaffrey, yes. Here's your stat of the game, by Sounds the way. Like though again, Kyle Allen could be starting for maybe the rest of the season. Tennessee at Carolina stat of the game is this: Curtis Samuel has not had more than 53 receiving yards against any team not named Tampa Bay. He's faced him twice and he's had two good games. And other than that, 53 or fewer yards in five of seven games for Curtis Samuel. So Samuel and Moore, start or sit? I think Moore is probably best as a flex in non-PPR and in low-end number two receiver in full PPR. And you just gave a really good reason to not go with Curtis Samuel. How do you feel about Gregory Olson? Not good. <laughs> God, Behind a bunch awful. of the streaming options. It's been awful. Great. John New Fells. I mean, four tight ends have caught a touchdown against Tennessee. Three of them did it with four or fewer targets. Hooper and Henry had 97 or more yards. It's a good matchup, but it, it, he just has been so invisible since Cam Newton, since his injury, and since not since not playing uh, the Cardinals and Bucks too. So Olsen's 84% owned. This might be his last stand. I have a feeling he's going to be benched if he doesn't do well here. It's the Alamo for him? Cut. <laughs> it's the Alamo for Greg Olsen. By the way, Speaking of Greg Olson, Miami FSU this week. Let's go. Let's go, Dave. I, uh, I, I think we are going to win. They were they were six and a half point favorites when it opened. I mean, dogs. They were six and a half point dogs. Disrespect. I think we're going to win. That Florida State is the worst coach I've ever seen. He is awful. Let's go get it. I'm with you, Adam. Hopefully, we'll be in a good mood on Sunday. I love rivalry games. They make useless seasons feel important. And that is it <laughs> for Fantasy Football Day. Thanks we for listening. We've got the best one, though. Florida, Georgia. Is that this week? It is this week. Oh, okay. I've been Certainly to a Florida, Georgia. Certainly more ramifications Georgia. in that game than uh, Miami FSU. Fun game. I went to a Florida, Georgia game when Tebow played. It was very cool. Good oh, experience. I bet that was amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on the mailbag. We'll talk to you on the radio show on Saturday night. And have a great weekend. For Dave and Jamie, I'm Adam. Okay, 
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 